Welcome to The Story Tinker, a place for in-depth analysis of stories, including Midnight Poppyland, Purple Hyacinth, and more. Co-hosted by sharp, witty, and dare I say, thirsty fans, we dive deep into every episode, analyzing character, relationship development, and so many theories. You can follow The Story Tinker right here on YouTube, as well as all podcast platforms. You can also follow The Story Tinker on Instagram and Facebook. For bonus content, sneak peeks, and more, you can support The Story Tinker on Patreon. If you like what you see, please like and subscribe. Thank you for listening to The Story Tinker, and let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 29 of The Story Tinker Purple Hyacinth Podcast, Deaf Duo, and today we have Christine and Fu. Hi. Hi. <laughs> uh, we're going to be doing three episodes in a row of the same host. So you will see us for the next two episodes. So, okay, we start out the episode at the APD office with this giant stack of paperwork, everyone's nemesis. And we see young Officer Harvey walking around trying to, I think he's collecting everybody's coffee cups. And Lila is saying in the background, I've heard that Beatrice Blakesley will be put to trial tomorrow. And that's their last moon um, like investigation. <laughs> Lucas is just nonchalantly polishing his gun and Harvey is sweating bullets collecting his cup. <laughs> and <laughs> he's like, her case is almost as easy as Trevor's. The seventh, seventh precinct's been watching her for a while. So, okay, we get some information. I didn't know she was in the seventh precinct, but apparently that's where she was. And Lucas, who somehow always has this cloud over his face, like he's not the only character with hair over his eyes, but somehow only with him, it comes with an intense shadow. <laughs> I love it. I love his character so much. And him cleaning his gun, like that's just so not threatening at all. <laughs> Harvey in this scene is all of us around Lucas, <laughs> just terrified. Oh, gosh with this like and and with this giant smirk on his face he says it was about time for her to visit the bottomless pit of despair that awaits in jail wow he is a sadist very poetic too Mm, (laughs) yeah you know what maybe he writes poetry in his spare time i wouldn't put it past him dark poetry like edgar Allan poe or even knocking in the night or whatever Maybe he runs like an animal sanctuary. Honestly, I can see him doing that. What? No, but Only he's like, like, but he's like mean to everyone except like really cute animals. Like, oh, that'd be cute. Bunny or him something. with like little bunny rabbits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Fine. I can, I can go with that. <laughs> and now Kim says, we've already put two Phantom Scythe members behind bars thanks to Loon. And Harvey, uh, not Harvey. Um, yeah, Harvey. She seems to have a giant collection of cups on her desk, and he is sweating because he is um, presumably going to have to pick them all up. And um, she continues, they're becoming quite a legend in court, and Kim, meanwhile, spots Harvey's cups. But obviously, her plans are um, not conventional, and she goes to grab them out, and Harvey's like, oh, wait, Sarge. And meanwhile, they're like hustling in the background. And Lauren says, and they've been doing an incredible job infuriating Herman. <laughs> of course, that's what she focuses on. Mm-hmm. I'm glad she's participating in the conversation, though, because it would be suspicious if she was like completely silent anytime they talked about Loon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She looks so smug, too. Like it's subtle, but she's so proud of herself. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of giving him a taste of his own medicine. Well, 
I don't taste his own medicine, but just annoying him. And um, Kim is uh, pinching Harvey on the cheek because apparently he is a child that can be treated like that. <laughs> right? Like, oh yeah. He looks it. He does look like a little kid. The freckles but. don't help either. <laughs> probably been cheek pinched a lot in his life and does not like it but oh well <laughs> and we flash to march saying i've got a report from the seventh precinct that loon dropped the file there too and herman says what loon tend to file to the seventh precinct <clears throat> how did they get access there who is it about this time we have to get our hands on it so he's sleeping out and kim continues that's not difficult one little bruise to his ego and he'd be ready to start a war or it's not the greatest reputation for like your core, your employees to think of you. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're the head of a police department. Yeah. yeah. So Kim is stacking cups meanwhile. Harvey is trying to prevent this. He says, no, sorry, please don't do that. I don't think it's a good idea. Lieutenant Hawks will. And it's funny that he's scared of Lieutenant Hawks. You know, I don't think of him as very tough, but he probably is correct in that he would be annoyed. <laughs> He's really strict, I'd say. Will just strict. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I'd, I don't know. This, that kind of character does not strike fear in my heart at all. <laughs> like, just, I don't, I am not afraid of Will. Like, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> and, but he does barge into the room and say, Sergeant Liddell, would you be so kind as to explain why your desk is becoming a cafe? And there's, of course, this tower of cups. Officer Harvey, don't tell me you also got dragged into her shenanigans. <laughs> Poor Harvey. He was trying to prevent it. Now he gets blamed. Rip Harvey. Yeah. This, he's, oh my God. He's just caught up in everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rip Harvey. Yep. Well, Kim, meanwhile, says, ta-da, me, a common barista, love of you to insult me in such a way, Lieutenant. Don't you see this is art in its purest form? <laughs> She has a flag with, you know, cream on one of them and sugar on the other. Sugar. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very resourceful. Yep. <laughs> and he says, as long as your art doesn't prevent you from finishing your paperwork on time. And he's got his head in his hands. He's just, he can't deal. I can't wait on you tonight. I have a family dinner I must attend. Which is interesting that he says that. You know, most people, if they have a family dinner, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm excited. It's not something stressful to them. But it's so, it's so much on his mind that already in the morning he's worried about the family dinner that he has to attend after work and it's an indication of the kind of feelings he has towards his family mm-hmm. very sus will very sus what are you hiding from us i don't know it's more like what, what's your family like bro mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and kim's like like you ever had to wait on me william which whenever she's irritated she calls him william <laughs> And Harvey's like, he's trying to defend himself. And he's like, Lieutenant, um, actually, I wasn't. But then, but then <laughs> he was interrupted by Lucas the Thundercloud saying, where's my coffee cup? <laughs> Slamming his hand <laughs> on the desk. And then he's just smoldering. He's at this point a volcano with lava and smoke and red eyes. He's like, stop stealing all the office. I'm like, Sarge, if I'm deprived of my morning coffee, I might have to deprive you of your limbs. <laughs> Such an underrated line. So underrated. I will yeah. use this in everyday life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Now I question what situations you're in, but okay. <laughs> well, I'm not like, I don't know. Not hmm, just, it's a good threat, I will say. Yeah. Poor Harvey. Harvey like takes this completely seriously. He immediately like brandishes a cup while Lucas is still. Oh no, sorry. He's remembering how he took away his coffee cup earlier, and he's just freaking out. Um, the, he literally says, "Ah!" <laughs> and Lila just sticks out her hand and like, "You may have mine if you need one, Lucas." By the way, what time is it now? It's five a.m. in the morning. Mm-hmm. I mean, presumably it's not the afternoon. I'm like. I'm going to assume that that the clocks are not accurate because why are they all there at 5 a.m.? Mm-hmm. I think Lauren has been there at 5 a.m., but not all of them before. <laughs> so Lucas looks at her. She's trembling. And then he says, thank you. Wow. That was an anticlimactic conclusion and unexpected. All that. A ship has been born. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ever since then i was like oh i ship it so hard i did not notice the ship until people fans mentioned it i was like what i did not notice it i mean only i guess the only to me i, was, I didn't see it not at this moment but when well at a later moment i did let's just say that <laughs> <laughs> so harvey is like he's got his hand over his heart it feels like he's now early averted death there's the lila and lucas are still looking at each other in the back and now we fast forward to nighttime and we have um, the APD police boots running. Harvey is running after them and he's like, how can you guys run so fast? And we see somebody watching from a window where above him. And um, now we see Kieran, he's presumably inside that window. And he says, thank you, Mr. Colden. Your help is much appreciated. Seems like the cops have arrived. We shall now take our leave. So this is you know, another investigative mission that they've just completed. And Colden, who is bound in a chair says, wait, no, you're Luna, aren't you? You can't leave me here like this. I can't go to jail. Like I should have thought of that, like, I don't know, 10 years ago, maybe. <laughs> I can't stand when people are like, oh, I'm so surprised at the consequences of my behavior. Mm-hmm. Oh no, the consequences of my actions. <laughs> right. And Kieran and Lauren have muted themselves out the window. By the way, I'm, I'm going to make a video, I think, of all the like fan words that I've learned from doing like webtoon stuff because I never, I never heard of the word yeet before. <laughs> oh my God, Mindy, did oh we teach God. you what the word yeet is? Yeah, so many things. I, I'm making, I'm going to make a list because I learned a lot of words. Mindy, you're being educated on the like Gen Z slang. I know. I, <laughs> I know. I feel, I, I won't say I feel old, but I definitely feel like I'm a different generation. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the Harvey and some other police officer are watching the blurs and they say over there and they brandish their guns. They say, stop. They're pursuing them from the ground. Eh, I'm pretty sure they can lose them very fast. And then we have someone who looks like Lucas, but maybe isn't and Harvey running, running on the ground. And um, more pictures of the roof. We have Fouche's thumps after them. I guess the Fouche is um, Lauren and Kieran because they are pretty fast. <laughs> and the police have their stop in their tracks. They don't know where they went. They're looking around. Where did they go? Damn it, we've lost them. Oh, well. <laughs> and then they're like, wait, where's Officer Harvey? Because he has lost them too. <laughs> <laughs> And now we get another rooftop bandage and poor Harvey is wandering around. Where did everyone go? <laughs> Harvey kid. left behind by everyone. 
I feel so bad for him. <laughs> Never, this poor guy. And he's like, don't tell me I lost them again. But clearly this is happening. Again. <laughs> poor fella. Oh, and then he's like stretching out his back. He seems to be in, in back pain. Um, either that or he's just frustrated and shouting at the heavens. <laughs> we have two, two shadows in the back, presumably that's Lauren and Kieran. And Kieran <laughs> smirks at Lauren. He's like, you don't think being chased by the cops is exciting? <laughs> She's like, what part of almost getting caught by my coworkers, ruining my entire life and going to jail do you think I find exciting? By the way, at which you could have rejoined it, um, the part where like last week you almost did that. <laughs> but, mm -hmm. but like, imagine if she was caught in this moment by some of her coworkers. <laughs> that would be so awkward. She'd be like, oh, I'm just cosplaying Loom yeah, like, hey, with guys, this mysterious man. <laughs> yes. If they, if they quickly like take off their masks, then they could just be a couple on in this role. <laughs> wearing top hats but the hats yeah the hats <laughs> oh i mean i guess i don't remember anyone saying specifically they were in top hats but i mean i'm sure it's very probable that they did get that description we just didn't weren't privy to that mm. so kieran says let's see and he's eyeing while harvey just like wandering along about to go over their corner he um you know gets scared and grabs lauren and shoves her um back into the corner so that harvey does not see them um, Harvey walks by and we just get a picture of them together. And he's like, this part? Uh, poor Lauren. And then Lauren, in retaliation for him saving her, slams his face into a brick wall, apparently. <laughs> Very grateful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's funny. Um, yeah, I mean, if we're going to talk about like, uh, slight over-the-top aggression I think this is an example of it he, he had it coming though he so deserved it but <laughs> he didn't do anything okay, yet. <laughs> literally I did not remember this scene at all until mm -hmm. like I don't know August or like because I reread PH back in like last April of 2020 but this scene to me felt like a fever dream. I didn't realize it existed until like I did another reread later on. And I was like, when was this? I don't remember this at all. <laughs> but yeah, such a good scene for Loon. Well, I just wanted to point out since we, we do like to talk about like, you know, non-violence here that Lauren is being, is being aggressive. I want to make sure I treat them both equally. <laughs> mm -hmm. So um, now we go back to the APD offices and we have, again, this giant stack of paperwork that we saw in the morning. And Harvey is there and it's nighttime and nobody's in the office. And he says, ah, I have to work harder. Police work is hard, but I have to do this. Oh, I can't give up. I have to be strong for my grandpa. Uh, and he looks very childish when he says this. Mm. Um, and it's just like, he's very eager. And, you know, he's clearly, he's got his heart, you know, he's trying to prove things right. And he says, I got this. And he's like encouraging himself because clearly it's hard for him to like be in the office at like God knows what hour at night. And we have a shadowy figure behind him. Uh, very ominous. It, Jaws theme starts playing. What? The Jaws theme starts playing. <laughs> 
yeah, just two red eyes and smoky haze. And, you know, we focus on that figure. And oh, the time is still five o'clock, by the way. So we're just going to go with a broken clock. And that's how this episode ends. So what are your thoughts on this episode before we move on to the next one? Rip. Uh, oh, rip him. <laughs> yep. I mean, we already know what happened, but it doesn't look good. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, anything else to say about this particular episode? Uh, honestly, not really. We saw, I think this is really the big birth of the Lula ship. Mm. Like, we might have had some shippers before, but I think it was this episode that really mm-hmm. got people shipping. Wait, if people shipped them before, they were inventive, I would say. Yeah. I don't know. They're, they're the, like, um, like, light and dark trope the opposites yeah the opposites trope you know i actually still don't see it but i mean i see it at this point in the story because the authors have put it in there but like i would never think that they would get along but i don't know people like who they like so (laughs) all right so let me stop recording and we'll do the next one Thank you so much to my current patrons, Susie, Lady Libris, Alley Cat, Lily, Haley, One and Only Taco, Elizabeth Maria, Molly Veronica, Emily, Emily, Joe Rochelle, Dahlia, Saucy Tuggles Meg, Anna Rose Priya, Alex, Misty, Laura, and Joanne. Your support is truly appreciated. Yeah.